0: hello guys welcome to yet another episode of Wabata Remania. current situation i am recording during the middle of the day and i have no idea why especially since there's so many cars passing by my house i guess that is pretty telling of where i live i live in the ghetto <laughs> anyways if you are joining us for the very first time then welcome if this isn't your first time then welcome again neighbor. I may occasionally take a break ever so often to get my sips in and yes, sips and not steps because I am drinking tea after all and yes, I still want the queen to be removed as head of state. Sue me. What can I say though, tea does soothe my soul. (laughs) Are you guys hearing me though? I'm officially a blogger. Use coupon code. (laughs) I'm just playing with you all. The truth is though, I really love tea and I have decided to put a pause on alcohol drinking. Well, a further pause since last week revealed to me that I am an emotional drinker. So I have decided to replace the cap on the vodka bottle and have some fun with warm water and yard (laughs) wakings. In all honesty though, I really love tea and again, thank you all for joining me yet another week i am seeing that a few persons have been checking out my podcast and i truly appreciate that it is quite an interesting feeling to put content out there and anticipate how well it will be received by others The thing is, when I decided to start this podcast, I made a promise to myself that I would never try to upsell it. I would never ask persons to like, share, subscribe, comment, the usual stuff. I believe anyone who really likes what I'm doing will connect through their own volition. In this space, we value autonomy. No peer pressure. You all may recognize though that I tend to talk a lot. Yes, I am very talkative and should possibly expect a prelude to every episode. But to be fair, the topics that I will be discussing each week may very well be polarizing. And in a lot of cases, they are very polarizing. So I'm sure you all will forgive me for trying to warm my way up to them. I would honestly try to give a joke, but I believe I'm only funny in Jamaican. Funny story, well not so funny. I never knew people read me as intimidating and so I was at this international conference delivering a speech and for some reason decided to try my hand at giving a joke. So I tried, operative word being tried, no one laughed, no one laughed, they instead took notes. Why I did not see this as a moment to stop while I was ahead is a question that continues to plague me. I instead went in again with a, good, this will be a part of the quiz. People are still taking notes. I remember talking to someone right after and they said that they thought that I was just sharing some substantive point because they had never seen me laugh or attempted to joke around with anyone before. That may very well be the reason why you will never hear me try to include jokes in my podcast. (laughs) I know my limitations and I'm fine with it. But if I have ever made you smile, get angry, feel sad or curious about your purpose, then I am forever grateful. Some persons may be confused by my wanting my listeners to get upset, but to be honest, there is a lot to be upset about. Oftentimes, we pretend as if there isn't an array of emotions at at our disposal and so we expect people to only emote happiness, rubbish, get angry, but I also suggest you have an honest discussion with yourself about what it is that makes you angry and why. Soon come back. Wabada is a weekly podcast published every Wednesday at 7 pm. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to sponsor, collab, or work with us on a partnership, you can reach out to us via email at wabadaRaymania at gmail.com. Want to leave me a tip? Send to my PayPal, Raymania. Now, on to this week's episode Is the love of dogs by white people rooted in racism? There's a bit of groundwork we need to do before we can truly have this discussion. I think for a very long time I've heard people talking and especially within the current climate with the protests and Black Lives Matter being more visible and appreciated by a lot more companies and people and I'm using appreciated rather loosely since there are for example a lot of companies who will enlist the services of black creatives and black people in general and not adequately compensate them for their time but anyway the new attention has pretty much increased the prevalence of buzzword culture one of the times that i've gotten to hate hearing is systemic racism and it being used as a form of racism just to be clear Systemic racism isn't a form of racism. Racism is systemic, full stop. People aren't upset because you dislike them. They are upset because the laws do not like them. Because the system does not like them. In the same way, queer people and other people whose experiences have been minoritized by society don't care if you dislike them it's the laws the system heck we live in a society that thrives off of hate culture yet you are convinced that people are upset because they think that you dislike them (laughs) but why am I saying this well I'm saying this for many reasons two mainly though one black people cannot be racist Laws and system will not allow for this. We can be hella prejudiced though, and we can participate in other forms of bigotry, and God knows we can be such bigots. And just to be clear, there's no hierarchy of oppression. Black bigots are just as bad as white racists. The second part is that because racism does not depend on personal feelings, white people could very well be actively participating in racism unknowingly. And by no means is this a call for anyone or everyone to become advocates or activists. Advocacy and activism are very taxing and to be honest the movement is Far better off without a few of you folks participating or contributing. Classed black folks, I'm looking at y'all. But how does this tie into white people's love for dogs being racist? Do I hate dogs? Am I a cat person? Firstly, I never said that loving dogs makes anyone racist. Secondly, I do not hate dogs. How can I hate dogs? I have dogs. (laughs) 10 points to anyone who saw what I did just now. But truthfully, I have no issues with dogs or cats. I love animals. So you can relax. This is not a campaign for us to end dog ownership. Back to the first point though. There's an area of social sciences that specifically looks at how mass slavery of the past continues to affect people of today. One area that I have spent a bit of time looking into is post-traumatic slave syndrome. I remember being introduced to PTSS and seeing how it focused almost exclusively on the ways in which black people navigate society. Not a lot of discussion was around the relics acquired by white folks and their slave owner ancestors. One such thing is the main focus of today's discussion. Dogs. But make no mistake, this discussion isn't exclusively about dogs. It is about the sometimes very subtle forms of racism. And hopefully the conversation creates an opportunity for us to interrogate our intentions and question why it is that we do what we do. A little bit of history. Between 19, well 1899 and 1914, a new breed of dogs were developed by someone belonging to a German to the German army. Take a wild guess at what take a wild guess at what those dogs were called. The dogs were specifically bred to serve the German police force. 1914 was the year the, the first World War started. and because of how smart these dogs were, and the many other capabilities they had, they were enlisted in the German army. Even the Americans had these dogs serving alongside them. And just to be clear, there are no good guys in war. Countries usually have their own self-interests. Whether or not the rest of the world benefits at the end of a war isn't something countries contemplate during their strategic meeting planning. I must admit, though, the dogs did provide support for wounded soldiers and were useful. Were a very useful way, to be honest, of transporting information. But it would be also unfair of me to not mention that the armed forces of Germany also used dogs to regulate the movement of Jewish people during the Holocaust. Even Hitler had a dog. And he would constantly be photographed with the dog. There's a reason why so many of your Instagram body models have dogs. For a lot of people a dog makes you look less intimidating and while I'm sure your neighborhood buster is a really nice guy I still think there is value in questioning what it may mean for us to have someone gaslight us into thinking that they are non-threatening simply because they have a dog. And no, this is not a call for you to assume the worst of people. But it might be useful for us to move the discussion away from us just talking about them taking cute photos with dogs. There's a peer-reviewed article that I stumbled across while doing research for this episode that I think may be useful. It is an analysis of the photographs of dogs whose owners were Nazis. The author calls them Nazi dogs. One particular quote from the article stood out to me, and I'd like to recite it the thought of collaboration or political involvement by animals in acts of murder undermines a system of classification and conceptual attitudes that exist today towards animals, end quote. It really does us no good to see animals as having contributed to racism or being used as weapons for racism. I for one know that for a lot of people, they'll be listening to this podcast and be asking, how can I be suggesting that dogs are intelligent enough to act on their own own volition? But these are usually the same people who are quick to call a dog a bad dog, which by my estimation means that there are good dogs as well. The author of the aforementioned article supports this position as well. I got a lot of resources from the research I did and if anyone wants me to share, just reach out. I will try my best to facilitate you. But what about slavery? During slavery in the US in particular, there were a group of highly trained dogs called negro dogs that worked alongside professional slave catchers and were often allowed to give runaway slaves I hate that word, slaves. It in a lot of ways denies the humanity of my ancestors, but yes, the dogs were allowed to maul runaway slaves, a practice which was defended by all slave states in the US. There's a section of this book, Runaway Slaves, that I would like to read. It is particularly graphic, so apologies. However, I still think it is important for us to know what a lot of people had to endure, and in a lot of cases still have to endure. They went through it for their entire life, so why not live for a few moments in this discomfort? So from the book, the generic training of Negro taught dogs went like this. The dogs were locked up and never allowed to see a Negro, except while training to catch him. Dogs were given the scent of a black person's shoe or article of clothing and taught to follow the scent. Slaves were sent out as trainees. When the dogs treed the slaves, the dogs were given meat as a reward. Afterwards, they learned to follow any particular negro scent, negro by scent. Besides the patty rollers, readiness with the zest of sport, their canine negro hunters were fierce, vicious, fearsome beasts. If dogs were constrained at the, if dogs were not constrained rather at the end of a chase, they would tear a man to pieces. End quote. After slavery ended, dogs were used by the police force, particularly in the illicit drug trade, for which black and brown communities were targeted. I always knew that dogs had this great sense of smell, but not until recently I found out that dogs only correctly detect drug 20 to 30% of the times. Why are we using them then? Is it because with the right cues we can direct dogs to particular areas of interest to us going back going back to PTSS while well, it provides an adequate explanation for why most of my black friends family and myself fear dogs that do not belong to us what bothered me is how I could never rationalize the need for white people To pet dogs that don't even belong to them. Is it in any way linked to the idea that they were never trained to harm them? This is how PTSS works. You know how you would have some mothers, black mothers, who will greet every acknowledgement of success made by their child, by a stranger, with some unflattering thing about their child? Say, for example, a stranger would say, I heard that your child is doing well in school. And the mother would reply with a, I just wish they would do more work around the house as well. During slavery, a compliment could mean the dissolution of a family unit. Your child could be seen as good enough or as a good enough asset to be sold. PTSS causes. PTSS causes us to recognize that while our child may not be sold off into slavery today, they can be seen as a threat to the progression of someone else's child. Someone who will limit the access to the limited resources they claim we have. And as a direct result, they would need to be dealt with. Hi everyone, Raymondia here. I'd like to take this moment to thank everyone who has tuned in and a special thanks to those who have offered feedback. I promise to forever improve on my weekly episodes, whether one person will be listening, a thousand, a million or even ten million. Remember, you can join in on the conversation using the hashtag WBR or WBRE2 for this week's episode specifically. You can also reach out to me via email at wabararimonia at gmail.com. I am also open to partnerships, collaborations and sponsorships. Now back to the closing statements. It pains me to say this every time, but here goes. Ain't nobody asking for white guilt. At least I am not. All I'm asking is that you recognize that in some ways, slavery may have had you unconsciously promulgate racist behavior. Now I know that I will be upset with myself for weeks if I end this podcast without saying two additional things. One, why all lives matter is a problematic statement and two, why black people deserve reparations. I'll use examples that I believe elucidate my point. Our lives matter. Imagine if you will, Sarah having a sleepover and invites John, Kim, Sydney and Mark. Everyone gets a sleeping bag but Mark. Mark says, Hey, I deserve a sleeping bag. Sydney responds, Everyone deserves a sleeping bag. While Sydney is correct, everyone does deserve a sleeping bag, it doesn't address the immediate issue that Mike is without a sleeping bag. My highlighting the ways in which the things that you are doing may be rooted in racism isn't isn't an attempt at guilting you into stopping the things that you are doing, which may seem uncontentious to you, but instead to ask whether or not this is something that I need to be doing. I often tell people that my goal is never to convince you. It is to speak my truth and if you believe it to be true then all the better. As for reparation, I always ask people to imagine living in the 1700s and having to travel from New York to LA without money. If you have some privilege then it is possible that you may be able to access free transportation or at the very least at a discounted price. I always tell people that privilege is the access we give to people who remind us of us because in some ways we know that they could be us. So you get to LA, you have developed community, acquired land, acquired resources and the acquisition isn't as important as whether or not you had to compete with others for these resources. Say you have no privilege, chances are you will get to LA, but when you do, communities would have already been formed. You will now have to spend time trying to gain access to these communities. Reparation recognizes your limited access to, access to resources and in some ways readjust the system to ensure that you are able to live a dignified life. Loving dogs was never what was bothering me, it's the racism. The idea that someone can say that they are not racist because they have black friends. And what really bothers me is the fact that I do not believe the conversations will change in my generation. We will continue to tell people that they are being racist and they will show us their black friends. We will continue to tell governments that their policies are racist and they will tell us that progress takes time. See you next week when we will be discussing Wabara Battery Thank you again for joining and War Code.